Welcome to Milburn Minutes Podcast, where today we will be interviewing a teacher. I'm Arshan. I'm Rahul. And today we are going to be interviewing Mr. Mr. Barry. So, uh, I know, of course I know, but uh, what classes do you teach and, and why do you teach them? Sure. So I teach, uh, right now I teach four sections of AP Euro and I have one class of World History Excel. Uh, why do I teach them? That's a good question. Um, so I, I have pretty eclectic interest in history. I mean, I've taught US 1 before. I've taught US 2, not here. I've taught economics. Uh, I've taught a global studies class. It's a little bit more modern history. Um, frankly, I was always someone that was willing to teach whatever. And AP Euro fell into my lap in my last school. And then I came here to teach AP Euro specifically. And World is also one of my, I used to teach AP World. I grade both the AP World and AP Euro uh, exams for the AP. So. Uh, I guess that's why I teach the classes, but uh, I'm sure I didn't like grow up thinking I would teach AP Euro. I mean, so yeah. But is it like so? Is there like any particular reason that you chose these subjects? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I just had a natural inclination and interest in history. Um, in particular, I mean, I, I would be happy teaching U.S. history too. I have no problem. I mean, I think over time my interests have become more eclectic, and I've been more interested in like history that was a little bit less taught in American history and like American schools. I think, you know, we have this thing in New Jersey where you have to take two years of U.S. history, which is not common in other, other states. Uh, I would like to see more of a requirement for world history. And uh, I think Euro is an access point to it, but I'd, I'd like to see world a little bit more. Um, those things are important to me. And uh, yeah, but, but I'm, you know, I like economics. I love to teach uh, that as well. I, I think in, in Euro, sometimes I say like, I'm not trying to teach AP macro right now, but I will sort of start teaching AP macro. Um, but yeah, I mean, from my sometimes it just happens. From my experience, I do enjoy taking Euro because it's different than history and US history. We're just doing the same stuff again and again and again, but in Euro, at least it's something different. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure you can, you can look at things through different angles and you have lots of different options, but to me, um, I think that students should be getting, I think, I wish that there was a requirement to take a second year of world history in high school. I think that that would be a really good thing. Um, I don't want to detract from U.S. history. I want to add to it. I think it's really important. And, you know, especially with a diverse student body, I think it's really good to be thinking about the whole world. Uh, where are you from? What is it like growing up? I grew up in East Brunswick, New Jersey. So like 45 minutes down the parkway in Turnpike in Middlesex County. Um, it's a nice community. I went to a nice high school in East Brunswick. Uh, was it like growing up? And like a... <laughs> Normal house. I mean, I had a brother and sister. Uh, my parents were uh, really invested in our education and our future. I had a really nice childhood. I can't. I, I like. I can't think of anything other than like feeling comfortable and like I didn't ever really worry about anything. To be honest, uh, yeah, I had a good, nice childhood. So, is there anything like you did during your childhood that like kind of stuck with you outside of school? Any hobbies? Oh, yeah, sure. So my father was a golf professional. Um, so I definitely got really interested in golf and sports in general through him. Um, we went to like Rutgers football and basketball games from the time I was I don't know, three or four years old and uh, continued to go to them. Um, you know, just an interest in things like trivia, like we used to watch Jeopardy every night. And then five years ago, I was on Jeopardy. Like, you know, these things like definitely like were part of who I became. But you know, your childhood is in part that and in part you change. But uh, yeah, there definitely are a lot of good things that came from that. Um, so what advice do you have for people graduating high school and or college? Yeah, so this is a really interesting question. Um, and I, I will start with this, which is 
I was told by a colleague of mine a long time ago uh, who was in his 70s and had been through a lot of like stuff. And he said to me, and I'll never forget this, people don't listen to unsolicited advice. And I think that's probably true. So I think the number one thing I can tell somebody like for getting out of high school, getting out of college is ask for help. Uh, ask people about their lives and what they know about. And like when you are in a position like myself where to talk to kids, it's mostly I am here and I'm willing to listen. Uh, I have joked with classes before that this is a lifetime subscription. If you ever have a question, if you ever need anything, I don't care if you're 26, you can send me an email and hopefully, you know, I can do something to help you. Uh, but in general, it is to advocate for yourself to ask for things because truly nothing I say otherwise is going to hold any value um, because you need to want some information, I think, to acquire it. Yeah, and I think like definitely when people just give you advice out of nowhere, it just kind of feels like, like you know, why, why are you telling me? Like you're being lectured, I guess. Yeah, and people generally don't want to be lectured to. I think in yeah. school there's like a framework where it like makes some sense, but in most scenarios, people don't listen to it. Uh, and maybe they'll actually like resent it, <laughs> to be honest. Uh, it's a little bit less interesting and less deep of a question, but uh, what is it like uh, going to Kansas City to grade the AP exams? It's pretty brutal. Um, so basically you get there and you check in, and then the next seven days from 9 a.m. to about 6 p.m., I think it's 9 to 6, with the exception of 15-minute break in the morning and the afternoon and a one-hour break for lunch, you sit in a gigantic conference room, with hundreds of other people sitting at tables doing what amounts to assembly line grading, where, well, not so much. I mean, it's, it, we grade the whole essay, but we sit there and we look at the same type of essay. I get, I get uh, trained to grade one essay, and then I grade it for probably the full seven days. Sometimes at the end, you get retrained if, if you finish those questions. But you just, on a six-point rubric, if it's the LEQ, a seven-point rubric, if it's a DBQ, um, you just like learn to fly. If I'm grading the DBQ, I'll probably get through a thousand of the same DBQs that week. If it's an LEQ, about maybe 1500. Um, it is not a fun experience for the most part. I mean, I think I learn a great deal from it. I think it is extremely valuable for my students and I do it for that reason, but it is it is my version of going to the coal mines. So like, it's like it's, very tedious. It is, it is tedious because... You just, I mean, reading the same essay a thousand times is, I mean, there's no way for it not to be tedious. And it's, you have no connection to the people. It's not like in class where like, I want people to grow and do better and I give feedback. It's, I press some buttons on a computer and score them. And I have no idea who they are and they'll never really learn from this. And it's just, it's not the most fun thing in the world to do. It's an important thing for me to do for my ability to teach the course. And I'm happy to do it for that reason. But I'd be lying if I said I, like, had fun doing it. In comparison, would you like uh, grading these AP exams where you just, like, pump a bunch out? Or do you, do you like uh, grading exams at school where you have to, oh, like, give way, feedback? Way, way better. To, I mean, it's easier to do it with no feedback. I mean, I can go way faster on the AP exam. But at least, like, I feel like it's meaningful and that I'm, like, telling somebody how to improve for the next time. Um, on the AP exam, it's just you're a, you're a grading robot. Basically, you know, it's, if they could replace me with AI tomorrow, they would. Uh, and maybe they will at some point. Um, but yeah, it's, it's not, it's, you know, it's not so much a rewarding experience, but it is a learning experience and it does help me, uh, and help my students, I think, uh, in turn. So would you say it is like a big thing you enjoy about teaching, helping people, you know, grow and become better? Yeah. I mean, I, I 
definitely one of the things I like about uh, teaching is watching kids be better writers and thinkers at the end of the year than they are at the beginning of the year. And I like seeing kids when they're seniors just be more mature and like conduct themselves like like adults. Like I just I like seeing growth. I don't you know, it's one of the reasons why I like teaching. I mean, that I think it's fun. I like to have a good time in class with, you know, intermixing, you know, like, you know, having, you know, a rigorous course, but also like enjoying the time that we get to be together. Like I have fun in a classroom. Um, you know, I, I, I'm not, I don't think any teacher's favorite thing is grading. Um, I, I would imagine most people would say the classroom's the best part of it. Uh, and, uh, and, but growth is, is definitely the end and goal. I mean, I want people to do well. Uh, I know that sometimes students feel like their teachers are trying to be penal and, and hurt them, but uh, I assure you, I don't think that's the case for many people, and uh, definitely not me. I, I want to see people do well. So in that regard, um, how was your college experience? How did that go? My college experience? Yeah. yeah, so I went to Rutgers. Uh, my father, like I said, he was a golf pro at Rutgers University Golf Course. So me, my sister, and my brother all, all went to Rutgers uh, for free. Um, so it was always where I was going to go. Uh, I applied to one school. Uh, I had no, I, they had rolling admissions. So I was in, in seven days. So like I knew where I was going to school. I grew up right next to Rutgers. I did live there, which makes a big difference from like commuting or anything. Um, college was fun. Uh, I, I wish I took some courses more seriously. I think that's just the reality of being a college student. You kind of think, and probably a high school student, especially now, you kind of think of it as like a some kind of extraction model where you're just like, what grades can I accumulate from this? What, like, what do I absolutely have to apply so that they will give me a certain number or letter? And I think I thought like that too. And I really wish I didn't, I wish I cared. I like thought more about the material, especially classes that were not in my major. Like I really have a lot of interests. I can't tell you how many people talk to me now when they find out I'm a history teacher and they're like, Oh, I love history now, but in school, I, I hated dealing with this and like memorizing years and dates and all these other things that I'm not sure what history really should be taught as. But um, but I think that uh, while I enjoyed my experience and uh, I'm glad I went to Rutgers and I enjoyed the big school environment and I had a, you know, I think you can do anything you want from there. I, you know, I think I, I wish I took more classes in like biology and like, like uh, you know, philosophy and lot like things that I'm interested in that I don't really think about so much as, just a, like, as a 20 year old I guess like branching out to other topics yeah and, and to be less learning. worried about what your grade is in a thing which I I'm, I know I am screaming out of void and giving unsolicited advice but uh, yeah I, I wish I, I wish I did that a little bit more all right so now we're going to just go on to some more some more like non-school related sure. questions sure. so you want to start as a role uh sure uh, what are any tv shows movies books video games music artists you enjoy or recommend wow okay that's a lot um i don't i don't really play video games so i can't really give much of a uh emphasis on that i mean we grew up uh we were not allowed to have a video game system until i was like 16 and by then i had kind of passed the age where you would probably start playing video games um so what the other questions were music, TV, movies. Anything. Any, any, any like form of media. Any yeah, form of media, book. Uh, okay. Well, I can start with books. If I were to recommend to like a high school student, is that this is who I'm, my audience is, I suppose. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. So for nonfiction books, if I were to uh, recommend two things. I mean, I, I am a little biased in the sense that I'm interested in, in history. 
Uh, the first one would be a little bit more of a broader history that is related to one of my favorite subjects, which is the history of science. There's a book called uh, Short History of Nearly Everything by Bill Bryson, which goes through the history of, of science. Yeah, it's, it's really excellent. And like, if you're interested in that kind of a topic, I did take a course on that in, in college that I really did take a lot from. Uh, I love that book. And um, if there's a book about like people and like history that I think is the best historical book I've ever read is called uh, Balkan Ghosts by, I believe the author's name is Robert Kaplan. It's definitely Kaplan. I think his first name's Robert. And it is uh, a discussion of like the Balkan Peninsula and like the complicated nationalistic and religious aims within it and the consequences of that. And I think it speaks a lot to like these artificial barriers that we put between people. And I just found it to be an enthralling book. He goes to these states as they're crumbling in like the late 1980s, early 1990s. And like he's there. And it also has a historical narrative to it as well. If I had to recommend a novel to the sage, I mean, I think I would. Um, when I was in high school, my favorite novel was Sirens of Titan by Kurt Vonnegut. Um, I still love that book, but I think it's perfect. I think media is for you generally at a particular moment in your life. Uh, there are movies that I liked in 2004 when I was 18 that I think now are childish and juvenile, but I was childish and juvenile. And like it made sense to me and it was meaningful to me. Um, so uh, Sirens of Titan would be the book, I guess, for this age group. Um, any music artists? Music artists. Um, so I, 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 I'm trying to think of things that people might be interested. Someone that like is like a, I can't put into a category. I think she's generally considered to be anti-folk is what they call it. But like um, probably one of my favorite musical artists is Regina Spector. And she still makes you know, music. So maybe be something people are interested in. I do like some modern musicians, that, but you guys would be more attuned to that. Um TV show, I mean, to me, there are three great dramas of all time, and there is one great comedy. Uh, the comedy is Seinfeld. Oh, oh, Seinfeld. I'm not sure that uh, it's my favorite show of all time. I've probably seen every episode 30 times. It's not an exaggeration. Um, you know, to me, it's, it's, you might need a particular sensibility of what the world was like before everyone had a smartphone, um, to, because a lot of their problems would be solved by that now. But generally, it's, it's phenomenal. And then the three great dramas... Not super school appropriate, all of them, you know, it's, it's intense stuff would be like The Wire, The Sopranos, and Breaking Bad. Three shows that I think uh, do a great job of like cultivating this idea of an anti-hero and complicated nature. Season one of True Detective uh, is, is one of the greatest series. I, I show a great uh, miniseries in class after the AP exam called Chernobyl. Uh, oh, yeah, that yeah. is phenomenal you know samir i think he mentioned that yeah i know him. he was in my class yeah uh, uh it's phenomenal uh it really is a really great piece of art um yeah so i think All right. that was a complicated question and to end off so sure. do you prefer cats or dogs and why so i will start this question off by saying i am allergic to both cats <coughs> and dogs oh but that is not precluded my wife from having a dog in our house so we found out i was allergic to dogs when i got the dog I have like constant postnatal drip from it. And if she licks me, I have to wipe off uh, wherever the spot is with water within minutes or I will break out. Uh, in general, I'd rather live without creatures that I am allergic to. But like if you weren't allergic, let's say. Uh, a dog, probably. Yeah. Uh, I, don't, I don't think I'm a cat person. Um, once had a cat try and kill me um, my, at my uncle's house, laying, sleeping with my arm out and tried to slip, slip my wrists. Uh, it felt like we, we have a beef, me and the cats. 
but yeah, in general, I don't know. Dogs seem like they're just more invested in your life. Cats feel aloof and maybe smarter than you. I don't know. Maybe they're like they know more than us. I guess like dogs are also a lot more maintenance though as well. Because you have to you know, walk them. Yeah, that's true. I honestly, uh, to be honest, I don't really want to have a pet. But we do have a dog. I love her, but I wish I wasn't allergic to her. All right. Well, it's going to end it off. Uh, thanks for thanks for coming on our show. Yeah, no problem. Thank you to all our viewers yeah. for tuning in, yeah. and we'll see you guys all in the next one.